You all right? I want to say how y'all doing, but we don't say how y'all. We say how are you all, because we're British. It's the King's English here, love. All right. Yeah. So I was actually going to mention the rugby um, that Sarah was watching, but um, this is why I'm dressed in black. My wife always says to me, "Why don't you wear some something different than black?" Because I'm actually officially after. Did you do you watch the England game yesterday? Oh my gosh, we lost to the Scots. The Scots. I'm not going to say anything mean about the Scots. I'm sure some of them are saved. I'm sure. Some. Of, my wife's actually partly Scottish, so no offence. That's why I nearly married my other fiance, but I didn't. <laughs> It was a before Jesus joke. So um, that was just a joke, all right? Before Jesus, it's under the blood. So yeah, so we're in a um, we're in a uh, series about the Holy Spirit. Okay, 40 days of the Holy Spirit, and uh, I think I'm on week four. So if you remember, John started us off with um, talked about the Trinity, um, and then Sarah was on prophecy. Really good message. Not that John's wasn't, but that was a particularly good message on prophecy. I would I would encourage you if you haven't seen it to see it. Uh, and then the week after that was Phil, um, and he preached on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Thanks, John. And uh, then we had a break last week, and now it's me. And my job is oh great, thank you. My job is to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Maybe just before I get into this, could you maybe just turn to the person next to you and just tell them how many nine gifts of the Holy Spirit there is. And then maybe could you just turn to the person on the other side, Kerry? Thank you. Could you turn to the person on the other side and just say to them, "You really need to read your Bible more, mate." <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. So, like I said, we're going to be talking about this. Okay. Now, this is. I was just thinking about this this morning, that what's, what's really important, and I think this is why we're, we are, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, and this is why we're talking about the Holy Spirit, right, is I think one of the main jobs of the church, the body of Christ, is to equip each other and sharpen each other so that all of us fulfill the calling of God on our lives, Okay? We're not here, it's not, you know, we're not here to entertain. We're here as a church to help you and us nail, smash out the park, exactly what God's put you on this planet for personally. Every single one of us, every single one of us, has a specific assignment to do on this 70, 80, however many years God's decided that you have on earth. Hundred. By the sounds of it, you had another year to go, mate. Good to know. Right. <laughs> That's not a word curse. Don't spoil my flow, brother. Oh, I'm going to have to check my notes. 
But the, the important thing to remember is this, okay? And this is why we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Okay, I, I, and I think sometimes, and I think in a lot of churches, it's, it's overlooked that we are a people who are called to be naturally supernatural, okay? We are not, thank you, we are not here just to get through life, claim a pension, die, job done, okay? We are supposed to be a people who demonstrates the power of God in our lives, advancing the kingdom of God whilst we're here on earth, fulfilling what we're called to fulfill. It's nice to have a good career and all the rest of it, but our main purpose of being on the planet is to make Jesus famous, actually. To introduce people to Jesus. And what he's done is he's given us individual gifting so that not one of us could stand before God, which we all will. Every single one of us will stand before God and give an account. That's what the Bible says. And on that day, you came with nothing, you go with nothing. There's no one's going to speak for you. It's just you and God. And he opens that book, and thank God our name's in it. I, 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 I shudder at the thought of those people who, when he opens that book of life, their name isn't in that book. I, could you imagine anything more terrifying then at that point, your name's not in that book. So our job is to make Jesus famous, to make Jesus known, to use the gifts that the Holy Spirit has deposited in us to achieve that goal. Because God's heart is that none should perish. None of your family members, none of your friends, none of the guys in the pub... None of them. God is, is invited. I mean, he loved them so much, he sent his son to be barbarically tortured and die to make a way for us through Jesus. And that is the only way. The only way, the only way to the kingdom of God, the only way to heaven, the only way to the Lamb's book of life is through him, Jesus Christ. Jesus said himself, the only way to the Father is through me. It's not good works. It's not being good people, which you'll be relieved to know. It's nothing (laughs) but the work he did for us on the cross. And if we're trusting God, which we are, for revival... Let me just tell you something cool about revival before I spend half an hour just on an introduction. Before I I do that, let me tell you this about revival. God has spoken that revival is going to break out in this town. I don't know if you know that. I'm telling you, you did. When Kerry and I lived in South Africa 12, 13, 14 years ago, God was telling us he's about to, to, to pour out of a revival in Bournemouth, and th- this isn't where we're supposed to stay. We need to head back to England. And we had, I cannot tell you the amount of visiting ministries came through our church and said, you guys are called back to England. God's about to do an amazing outpouring in, in, a, in the south of England, and he wants you guys to be part of it, and we were, obviously want to be part of it. But what's really cool is in the last... 12 months, I have spoken to people 
from, who were like in the Toronto Blessings, I don't know if you know about that, in, 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 in Canada and these places, who have felt in the last year, God said to them, you need to relocate to a town called Bournemouth in England because I'm about to pour out my spirit like nothing's ever been seen before. So guys who have been involved with revivals are heading back and relocating to this town in expectancy that God would do what he said he's going to do and pour out his spirit. I mean... Is there anything more exciting than that? Do you understand revival? People are emptying the pubs and, 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 and fighting to get into church because they just have an overwhelming sense drawn by the Holy Spirit that they need to get right with God. And our job is to be those people who say, this is the way. This is the way. By using our gifts. Amen? So... I was kind of, I had a bit of wrestle. I knew I, knew I had the, <laughs> my mouth's trying up. I knew I had the job of discussing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm always a bit nervous when I have, did I tell you the story about the, <laughs> quick story. So when I was in South Africa and I was preaching, we did, Kerry and I did a lot of work with the young adults. And we always, we, I mean, we like fun, right? We, fun's good, I like fun. And, but what they did is one of them got a job in a dentist and he put the mouth numbing thing around the guy. So I stood, I stood up, true story, I stood up to preach. And I sipped the water, and I looked at the back of the church, and they're falling over themselves laughing, and I thought, this isn't good. And then, my mouth is like, and I'm, dro- I'm drooling, carries on, I'm like, and there's a better head of spirit. Who does that? I haven't even started my message yet. So anyway, there was, I had a tension, all right, and the tension was this. And I don't know if you've experienced this, you probably have, that when God's trying to get your attention to something, it's amazing how you'll, you'll read it or you'll see it, and then you'll speak to someone, and they'll mention it, and then, and then the next time you go somewhere, someone else says it, and you're like, okay, hold on, it's God trying to say something. And this is what happened to me in light of thinking about preaching on this, was I kept getting drawn to the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And um, I don't know if he's here today. He said he might come. But I had a, a carpenter friend of mine. He came in just to do some woodwork for us. And he started talking to me about the Holy Spirit. And then I felt I really need to listen to a sermon of um, Smith Wigglesworth on the gifts of the Spirit. And he started off by saying, the fruits of the Spirit... And the gifts of the Spirit are just so interwoven. You can't, you'd be doing an injustice to preach one without the other. So, although I'm preaching this, but I just want to read this to you. Do I need my glasses? Oh, I do as well. I was trying to avoid it. I'm resisting getting old. Turn 40 next birthday. All right, let me read this to you. Okay, this is, if you wanted to follow, um, you can, Galatians 5, I'm reading from verse 22. It says, but the fruit, of the, the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, okay, the result of his presence within us is love and selfish concern for others. I'm, I'm reading out the Amplified, it just expands the language a bit better. Joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but, but how we act while we're waiting. <laughs> How's that? 
Not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I re- I mean, I'll be honest, I read this and I thought, oh my gosh, I've got some work to do. And Kerry, whoo, big one. <laughs> Against such things, there is no law. Against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage. Our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit, we must not become conceited, challenging, or provoking one another, envying one another. That's a challenge, isn't it? That's the character. We, we always say to people when we're doing our discipleship things, me and, me and old Phil, we say, you know, God's more interested in your character than your comfort. And that's character stuff. But what I thought was, I'm, so I'm kind of wrestling, how, how do we marry the two together? And then I just, I just, well, actually, a friend of mine, out the blue, he did it last time I preached, funny enough, phoned me out the blue from America. And he said, um, hey, y'all, he said... <laughs> He said, I was talking to Matt. He goes, no, I've, I tell you, mate, I've, I've really got something from God on this. He said this. And I thought it was really good, right? So this wasn't me. He said that, you know, in the world, I mean, the kingdom of God's upside down. We always say that, right? I said it last time I preached that, that surrender is victory. In the kingdom, when we surrender all to God, it's victory for us, right? Right? But in the world says, you know, if, we, if England got on the pitch yesterday and threw in the towel, we'd be like, what? You know? But it's upside down in the kingdom of God. And that's why we're often encouraging people to move in the opposite spirit. And so you have, you have things like, um, you think about it, power is a great thing. I mean, these are referred to, the Holy Spirit gifts are referred to as the power gifts by theologians. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of shamanism, I don't know if you know, if you've ever had any encounters with shamanism and witchcraft and these things, it's all about the power. It's all about, I'm going, to, I'm going to usurp, I'm going to control, I'm going to dominate. And then at the same time, you have like the Buddhist religion, where it's all about peace, love, and harmony. But the two, the kingdom dynamic here, that we actually can demonstrate the awesome power of God in a super loving, powerful way. We can demonstrate, and this is what God wants us to do, the gifts of the Spirit like we see Jesus doing all through his ministry and the disciples and all the other guys after them. But we can do it in a profoundly loving way in grace and, 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 and all the things we just read about with the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? There's no one else. There's no other, there's no other religion on the earth can, can, can operate in a way that they're demonstrating, which we're called to do, demonstrating the power of God with humility and love in a non-judgmental, all-welcoming, seeing past everyone's sin because, thank God, he saw past ours. Yeah? Okay, so what are the gifts? I, I put here a supernatural impartation of the Holy Spirit to empower us as individuals 
to fulfill his calling, which I said at the beginning. I used to, I used to watch, uh, uh, when I was little, I remember it was my favourite film, I can't remember, what, I was trying to remember what it was, I can't remember what it was, and it was, um, there was a woman who, who was, uh, who was the, this amazing archer, and there was some guy who was this brilliant swordsman, there's a little boy, you're like, this is great, you know, there was a little guy who had an axe, and then there was another guy who threw knives, and, and, their, and their whole thing, the whole thing was, these guys all worked together to overcome the schemes of the enemy and bring freedom to the earth. And I was just thinking, that's exactly what this is about. It's about all of us using our united, uh, uh, imparted gifts. Now, some theologians, and I was just kind of got into this a little bit, but some theologians are like, at what point do you get the gifts? Some people say it's when you become a new creation, when you've accepted Christ at that point. Other people say that it's through the language you read in the book of Timothy. Uh, Timothy, as he was uh, hands laid on him, started to operate with prophecy and there's an impartation. But then I read about Jeremiah, the prophet, and the word of God came to him and said, I created you to be a prophet to the nations. And I believe, and I, believe, and I think this is pretty sound, biblically speaking, is God created you, you, all of us, perfectly and wonderfully. Regardless of what people have said to you, regardless of the stupid word curses may be spoken over you, but we are wonderfully put together by God and gifted to walk out this period he's given you on earth before we stand before him. Amen. It's really cool to know what the fruits of the Spirit are and what the gifts of the Spirit are. So I'm going to run through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is my job today. Um, but, because I know you all love stories, right? As I was preparing, I tried to be all clever theologically and I kept, kind of felt resisted. Just share the stories that you've experienced along the way, which demonstrate some of these gifts, which is real good, practical. I love that scripture, that how the enemy is overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of testimony. Okay, so let's look at the first gift. In fact, I'll tell you what. Before, I read the, before we get into the first gift, let me just quickly read this to you out of 1 Corinthians 12, 8. Okay? Then we know what we're all talking about. To one is given through the Holy Spirit the power to speak, the message of wisdom. To another, the power to express the word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Spirit. To another, wonder-working faith is given by the same Holy Spirit. And to another, the extraordinary gifts, extraordinary gifts of healing by one Spirit. And to another, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy, foretelling the future, speaking a new message from God to the people. And to another, discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of unknown tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these things, the gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering, are brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit distributing to each one, God does, individually as he chooses. God, as he chooses, distributes the gifts between us all. So between us all in this room, we've got it all covered. We actually have enough, I mean, 
we actually, if you think Jesus died with 12 guys, right? And they changed the face of the earth. I mean, there's enough people in this building to change England, never mind Bournemouth, right? If, imagine this, if everyone got off their, um, how do you say it nicely? (laughs) Bottom. And did what God was telling them to do, using the gifts that he'd put in you individually, Bournemouth's going to be on fire, right? It's not about coming and sitting on a pew and ticking a I visited church Sunday. Nope. I wasn't looking at you, Sorrel. It's not about that. It's not about going to life group. They're good things, right? Because we need community. But we're called to action. Action. It's called a good fight, this. Do you understand that? We're in a good fight. It's a good fight because Jesus has won it on our behalf. But we're called to roll up our sleeves and fight. Yeah? We're called to box in the spirit. Okay, let's look at the first gift. Thank you. A supernatural revelation. Oh, I've missed my... Okay, so this is the word of wisdom. Okay, a supernatural revelation or insight into the divine will and purpose given by the spirit to solve... Listen to this to solve a perplexing problems and situations. Yeah? Fact, well, I was just, I was, had some plumbing, my plumbing kept going down this week, and Mark, very good plumber in the church, he came out to help me, and he was, he couldn't understand things going wrong, and he just turned up the next morning, he says, you know, the Holy Spirit just woke him up this morning and said, take a hacksaw, cut a little line, job done, and it worked. But it goes from the smallest thing a word of wisdom to the to the. I, we had a. You can leave it up. I had a. I had a. I was teaching at the high school, and we had a great. We had a great. I didn't know what. I didn't know what I was doing. I really didn't. And but but by the grace of God, I had um, half an hour a week with this unruly class of thirty odd kids. Um, actually, they were the kids, and I know some of you have done the discipleship group will have heard some of these stories. So I apologise, but. Some of these children, um, they were unmanageable, so they were all put in this class, and I ended up there. And uh, we, we, over the course of a year, every single one of those children gave their life to Christ, right? It was amazing what happened. But there was one boy who would not, get, who just, every time we mentioned the name of Jesus, he would wince. He was about 15, 16 years old. He was disruptive. Every single, I, I would say to him, okay, get, get out of the class. <laughs> this was ironic, me doing it. But I said, get out of the class. And he would go and stand, he said, good, I don't want to be in the class. I don't want to hear about Jesus. And he wasn't very pleasant about Jesus. And he stood outside the class. And, uh, every, and then he came in and he, would just, he, he was just so disruptive. Long story short, um, I, didn't know, I didn't know what to do with this kid. So I prayed. I said, what do I do? And God showed me a picture of him. It turned out he was an active Satanist. This is obviously why he winced at the name of Jesus. He was an active Satanist. He, him and his friends would go off to the to the satanic church weekly. They take the scripture where you cast demons out of each other. They took it out. They tore it out, the Bible he told me, and they cast the demons out of each other to invite them back sevenfold. That's how much demonic activity they wanted in their life. And they operated with a lot of demonic activity. But this came out afterwards. So I asked God, what do I do? And God showed me a picture of this boy in his bedroom, as clear as day, it was like I was watching television, 
and he, under his mattress, he pulled out this old World War II dagger, and he would balance it on his finger, and Jesus was at the end of his bed trying to get his attention, and he was focused on this dagger. Anyway, school next week, there again. He starts kicking off again. I sent him out. He goes, I don't give him a rip. I want to go out anyway. I said, fine, you can go out. All the class now, like some of them are in the youth group and everything, so all like, boo, and then anyway, he goes out. I probably wasn't acting most gracefully towards him. I was a bit cheesed off. I came back in. He came back in at break time. I said, we're going to spend break together. I'm not in a, I'm not in a rush. We'll stay here. So he said, good. And then I just reminded of that vision that God showed me. And I said, can I, just, can I share something with you? He says, yeah. He goes, not about Jesus. I said, yeah, well, I'll tell you what I saw. He goes, go on then. I said, you're in, I described his bedroom. And I said, you hide a second world war dagger under your mattress. And you're lying on your bed, balancing it on your finger. And Jesus is stood at the end of the bed. And this kid, right, still upsets me. He just, his eyes went like saucers. He put his hands out like this, active Satanist. He says, lead me to the Lord now. The, ki- the, 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 the children were jumping up and down at the window, couldn't believe it. He's crying, I'm crying. It was mental. Anyway, all right, next point, next one. The dusty old buildings these are gives me. Word of knowledge. I've got nine of these to get through. A supernatural revelation of divine knowledge or insight into the divine mind, will or plan to know the things that could not be known by oneself. I've got loads of stories on this, but I'll just share one. Maybe not. A friend of mine, I wasn't there. He, he was in a... Um, he was in a big auditorium, thousands of people. It was the pastor's wife who felt the Holy Spirit gave her a word of knowledge that she had to do cartwheels on the stage. Have you heard this story? So she was like, oh, she was wrestling. She's like, oh, I'm going to look such an idiot. And my husband's going to be like, what on earth are you doing? You just suddenly come on and just start doing cartwheels. Anyway, she just felt so, so, so... What's the word? Urged? What's the word? What's a better word? Compelled. Thank you. Compelled. She felt so compelled to do it. She kind of came down the. My friend was there. Came there and she kind of did one and then she did another. She did another and she did another. And a guy just walked out and came down the front and he said, He's a non Christian. He was visiting the church and he said, If you're real, like these guys say, get someone to do cartwheels on the stage then. (laughs) Shall I tell you another quick one? You're not, you're not in a rush, are you? It is this, right? So Kerry and I, but this is how it works. This is how, this is how word of knowledge works. And can I just say, that I just want to interject this into the message, okay? All of us can flow in these gifts, okay? This isn't for a select few, the chosen frozen, the faithful bunch, or, you know, everyone who's got their life together, because no one has. Hands up if you've got life together. Exactly. Do you see? It's for everybody, okay? But they're for us to equip us, to help us get the job done, reach the lost. So Kerry and I were in a restaurant in South Africa, and I just sat in there about to have breakfast. Emma, was, uh, uh, she went for some evaluation thing, and because they thought she had ADHD, and I got there, and they said, do you want, do you, have you ever thought about having an evaluation? <laughs> mm-hmm. Kerry's like, ah, oh, I told you that. <laughs> Idiots. Anyway, um, you can't say that, sorry. So, so we're there in the restaurant having breakfast, right? And Daniel, my oldest son, was in a pram. And the Holy Spirit said to me, put the hood of the pram up. And so I said to Kerry, put the hood of the pram up. We're in a, we're in a forecourt, big restaurant. It's, it's Africa, it's hot. And Kerry said to me, she goes, 
was boiling. It, he'll wake up. I said, she goes, why did you say that? I said, I just felt, it just, popped, it, just, it just out of the blue popped in my head. Put the, so she said, okay. Put the, she put the hood of the pram up. Within 10 seconds, the waitress came past with a tray of hot tea, dropped it on the pram, and the hot water steamed, hey, Mother, two story, steam coming off the hood of the pram, right? It would have been, I mean, it, well, I don't know if it would have killed him, but he would have been in intensive care. Word of knowledge. Okay, let's move on. You guys distracted me. Right, number four. Where are we at? Faith. Oh, this is a cool one. So the supernatural ability to believe God. Don't you guys want to operate in this stuff, though? I, I want, when I'm more I read it, I'm like, you know, you know I love, what I lo- I'm going to get onto the message. I love, doesn't it blow your mind that Jesus said, greater things than these you can do? Greater things. And we're all like that. Oh, I prayed for auntie's left toe. All right, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying. You're going to get so many emails tomorrow, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry. Don't email him. Where's John's new assistant? Oh, there you are, Fee. Anything to do with today's preach, just delete when you get the email. <laughs> Save the guy. Poor guy just trying to do what God's called him to. All right, faith, okay? So this, this, this you know, the, the word says, doesn't it, it's impossible to please God without faith. The supernatural, supernatural ability, so you can't muster this up. It's a supernatural ability to believe God without human doubt, unbelief or reasoning. Or I would also add, without being, without being distracted or put off by operating in faith by people around you or say, no, 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 don't do that. You know how, you know how we say, in, faith is spelled R-A-S-K, Yeah. You, when you step out in faith, God's like, let's do this. It takes risk. It's uncomfortable. I wasn't there. I was, at a, I was at a pastor training with a guy called Leon. He was a youth pastor. And um, he, was in a, he was in a meeting. We were, we, I heard about this when we all came back together. And he was in a meeting. There's 5,000 people. And he felt God said, go up to the lady, I don't know if it's a lady or a guy, in the wheelchair at the front in the disabled section and pick him out the chair and say, Walk. So Leon, right, he, he, was, he was a bit of a wild card. That's why I liked him. He, he came down, and, he, and there's, now there's everyone's watching, and he's picking up this person out of the wheelchair. This is a true story. Well, they're all true, but I have to emphasize it, because I know the, the enemy will whisper, really? Right. So he, he picks this person up out of the wheelchair, prays for them, and they drop back down, a bit like the Smith Wigglesworth illustration I used before. And anyway, he was so convinced God said, step out in faith, Right, that he put the, the person on his shoulders, right, and he felt God said, "Keep walking around the auditorium." Now the auditorium, so it's five times bigger than this. So the person's <laughs> person's feet are dragging. I mean, this is faith, right? I don't. I, I would like to think I could be this ballsy, but I doubt it. And he's walking, right? Everyone's like, "Okay, Leon, Leon, you know, <laughs> this is embarrassing, you know." Everyone's trying to, we just ignore it. And anyway, no, 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 Leon said, no, 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 God's told me. He's dragging this woman. Third time round the building, they walked. Third time. I mean, that's a, imagine walking. I mean, it's first time round. I'd be like, oh, this is so awkward. I'd just put the lady back in the chair. Jericho, yeah, yeah, same thing. Oh, I'll move, I'll move, I'll move. Right, where are we at now? Gifts of healing, all right? Healing in all manner of sickness by supernatural power with human aid, without human aid or medicine. I mean, we've all got stories. You know what? I think I'll leave the story John shared about the lady with cancer, okay? You're not going to know if you have 
or you are operating in these gifts, unless when people are asked who are sick, if you don't lay hands on them. Seb just pops in my head. Seb. He, 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 he used to come here doing some other great work in Boscombe. Yeah, I remember him telling me a story. We did a bit of discipleship together, how he was walking through Boscombe, and there was a man there. He said, do you know Jesus? I don't want to know Jesus. I'm, I've been given, something, he'd been given a short time to live. And so Seb boldly said to him, well, I'm going to pray for you. I said, because if you're healed, will you come to church with me next week? He said, yeah. He goes, but I won't be healed. And he prayed for him. He said he forgot about it because he stepped out in faith and operated in the gift of healing. As he was walking through Boscombe a few weeks later, the guy's like, oi, come here. Seb goes over to him. He goes, I went back to the hospital. All the sickness is gone. Death sentence off my head. Okay. Effects of miracles. The supernatural, where are we? Have we got it? Effects of miracles, wonderful. The supernatural power to intervene in, listen to this, in the ordinary course of nature. So where the world says, this is the course, this is the science, this is how it's going to happen, miracles step in and go, no. All three of my children, we were told, would, would, would not be born. They'd be born dead. Okay? My daughter was in a topic pregnancy. We were, they said, you have to come back the next day and flush her out. I don't quite understand the biology of it. She would not live. My son, his heartbeat stopped in the womb. We were told he's dead. It's not going to happen. Daniel's not going to be born. You come the next day to wash it. And Aaron, I think, had the umbilical cord around his neck. All three of my children are alive and kicking because God said, I'm stepping in. It doesn't matter. Don't, you, you can listen to those people or you can listen to me. Yeah. And it, it was not a walk in the park when you hear that your children's dead inside your wife, right? The, the doctors, and please ask my wife, could not explain and they apologized for putting us through the trauma because they, they, they can't explain it. The heartbeat stopped. The atopic pregnancy doesn't just fix itself. The noose, well, the umbilical cord around his son's neck. We can't listen to what unbelievers tell us. Or even in the body of Christ, no, no, you know, sometimes you just go, no. Amen? So whatever your situation is, don't be suckered into thinking, oh, this is me. Don't believe that deception. Okay, gift of prophecy. I'm going to leave you guys to listen to Sarah's message on the gift of prophecy. I'm going to resist stories, but Sarah nailed prophecy and what it's there for is to, is to edify, it's to encourage, it's to build up one another. It's to say, you are more than a conqueror in Christ. God says, stop being such a worse. Wuss. That's all right, wuss. Discerning of spirits. This is a supernatural revelation or insight into the realm of the spirits to detect their presence and plans. And, oh, you know, deliverance ministry, which we are, as a church, really getting into because we know God's saying we need to 
We want to kick the demonic influences out of people's lives so they can walk in the freedom of Christ. And regardless of other people saying, you know, that's going to upset the apple cart, we're saying, no, we want to do it. We want to do exactly what God's want. But I will say that um, when I was listening to Ryan Hart, uh, not Ryan Hart Bunker, Smith Wigglesworth's message of how he saw a woman, it was in Australia. Maybe you should listen to that teaching. It's called The The Gifts of the Holy Spirit by Smith Wigglesworth. You can find it on YouTube. Brilliant teaching. And he was talking about this lady in Australia. He said this big lady came up onto the stage, and I'm not sure if she was a believer or not, and he could see on her darkness in a part of her body, and he started to pray for her, and she screams in front of thousands of people, stop, you're killing me. Most of us would be like, okay, sorry, you know, we're all PC, you know. Da, da. He said, no, so he said, bring her back, bring, brings her back again. So again, she screams at him, you're killing me, stop. Thousands of people there. On the third time, he laid hands on her, okay. He saw, he saw, he saw the demonic thing come off her and as she walked off the stage the tumor fell out of her body fell out of her body okay last one okay supernatural utterance in all in other languages that are not known to the speaker this is tongues go to the next one for me please and this goes with the other gift, the interpretation of tongues, the supernatural ability to interpret the negative tongue that is uttered in other languages, native tongue, sorry, in other languages, not known by the one who interprets the spirit. I can tell you one cool story which I'll finish with, is there was a couple of guys, uh, someone had a, a tongue, speaking in tongues, utterance of the Holy Spirit. They came up and they started speaking in tongues and they were waiting for someone to come up and give the interpretation of tongues. And these two little, two little guys came up onto the stage who were from wherever Eskimos come from. Where is that? Alaska. So they're from Alaska. They come up, these two little Eskimos, and they had this little native dialect in a little village somewhere there. And they'd come to this church... I think it was in South Africa, and they were there just in, inquiring about God, and the tongue, and they came, and they, before anyone could give an interpretation of the tongue, they came up and said, what you've just said in the smallest of language groups is that Jesus Christ is the way, he's the truth, he's the life, he's the only way, he's the only way to the Father, and so could you please just like cross us over that line to get there? I'll close by saying I really, really want to encourage you guys, ladies, gentlemen, to really trust God to step out in these power gifts under the influence, hopefully, and the, and the, the walking out of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I'd say perhaps start today. Yeah? When you stop at the shop, when you're in the restaurant... You know, that, that's, that's be those people. I don't read about those people. I want to be those people. Amen? But we're going we're gonna to close. We're gonna, we're gonna, I would personally like to lay hands on anyone who has not experienced the Holy Spirit working through them powerfully. Because let's get busy. Let's fight. Amen? Can we stand together?